0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Tonight's class is titled, The Primacy of the Physical Deed, the la- Part 3. We're going to, God willing, finish tonight, Chapter 35. We're going to make a summary of Chapter 35 at the end, for anyone that's missed anything, and then hopefully put it all together. The, uh, we're going to begin, we're in the middle of Chapter 35, page 162 on the left-hand column and the ability for the godly soul to do anything is only through the physical, is only through the animalistic soul so the king he doesn't he has a lot of foot soldiers and without his foot soldiers he's not going to get things done the godly soul is an incredible soul but it doesn't have a direct connection to the body. If it wants to get something done, the body is, is the actions of the body are done by the animalistic soul. Meaning, the animalistic soul is more physical and is actually within the heat of the blood. The animalistic soul is within the blood. So if you want to do something good, the godly soul has to work together with the animalistic soul. It could force the animalistic soul against its will, but the godly soul must work with the animalistic soul. No. And... every time a good deed is done, your godly soul, of course, is affected. But not only is your godly soul affected, the animalistic soul, which allowed that deed to happen, is affected. And so tonight we're going to discuss, however, if you're forcing yourself to do something, meaning... You know those times that you know what's right, but you still don't want to do it? You're like, you're torn. Mm-hmm. And you do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Meaning your animalistic soul, your desire was not to do it. But you forced yourself. Mm-hmm. So where does that find you? Where? What type of energy have you brought on your godly soul? Well, your godly soul, you brought down amazing energy by doing this mitzvah. Let's give an example. You didn't want to come to tonight's class. You dragged yourself out. And you came. Okay? So you're, you're bringing, by learning Torah, you're bringing incredible energy on yourself. The question is, what type of energy are you bringing on the animalistic soul? If the animalistic soul is excited to be here, so then, of course, the energy is, additionally on the animalistic soul. However, if the animalistic soul says, I don't want to be here, every, it's like a child that's in school and is waiting for... So then what type of energy is affecting the animal soul? And even more, if your animal soul does not want to be here, can you affect it? Like what? And here we're going to learn something incredible, and that is that if you f- did something good, that means you quieted your animalistic soul for a moment. And at that moment, the godliness could come within it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kind of like you said, like, osmosis. Like, you're here. The animalistic soul is here. Mm-hmm. And it allowed you to do this. Without it, you won't be here. Mm-hmm. You can't move without the animalistic soul. So even if, in idea, the, it doesn't want to do it, the fact that it's allowing you to do it is allowing godliness within it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to learn. We're going to call the terminology sleeping. That means the energy of the animalistic soul fighting against you is sleeping, and therefore it's going to allow the godly energy to come within it. Any questions about that idea? I think you sort
1: of... I, got, I think I get it.
0: Let's, the the, the Al-Turabi wrote it much better than I said it. Let's see it inside. Page 162, right hand column. <laughs> and although the essence and substance of the animal soul in his heart... Okay, you did a mitzvah... You ate something kosher, but the animal's soul and his heart, namely its evil dispositions, have not yet been absorbed into holiness. That means you still have negative tendencies, you still have negative... Nevertheless, since at that moment they have submitted to holiness and I'll bite unwillingly. Unwillingly you ate something, you didn't want to eat this, you wanted to eat something much more exciting. Or, for you responded, Amen, you came to Shul and when you heard Kaddish, you responded, Amen, you didn't want to. And agree and are reconciled to perform the commandment under the preponderance of the Divine Soul in his brain. That means at the end of the day, your evil tendencies don't want to, but you've done them. And your animal soul is allowing you to do this by the Divine Soul which rules the heart. And in the meantime, at this moment, these evil dispositions are in a state of exile or slumber, as it were, as discussed above. That means at the moment you're doing the good, the evil is sleeping. Therefore, this is no obstacle to the energy of the Shekhinah coming in over the human body at such time, because it's sleeping. It's not. It's not. It's not as stopping. Okay. So the. Evil energy within you at the time Is not stopping the godliness from coming within So now the Tanya is going to summarize When you do a mitzvah What type of energy comes within you And there's two levels And each of the two levels have two details The first energy is When you do a mitzvah the The godly energy comes directly into Number one, your godly soul And number two is The energy of the animalistic soul Involved in the mitzvah So if you gave tzedakah The energy of the animalistic soul involved in putting the coin into charity, godliness is directly within it. That's the first level. The second level is the godliness that's going to surround, but not permeate, the energy. And that's going to be the energy of the entire animalistic soul as a whole and the entire body. So your entire animalistic soul wasn't involved in this, but since at the moment you did a mitzvah, the entire animalistic soul is surrounded by God, and the entire body. So listen to this, every time you do a little mitzvah, it's it's unbelievable. Whatever the mitzvah may be, you went ahead and you helped an older person in need carry the groceries into their car, whatever it may be. At that moment that you helped them carry the groceries, your godly soul is permeated with godliness. The hand energy that puts the bag into the car is permeated with godliness. Your animalistic soul, even the, negati- the negative parts are surrounded, not permeated. They're surrounded by godliness. And your entire body is surrounded by godliness. Every, every time you do a mitzvah, so your entire body is surrounded by godliness. It's Meshuggah. So does the animal soul shrivel? No. Not at all. The evil tendencies inside of it are sleeping. They're not going away, they're sleeping. That means, if, for example, if you're going to go and stop doing nothing, so we say when there's a vacuum, they're going to wake up in a moment. They're there, but they're sleeping.
1: But okay. so it works yeah. the opposite too? It's like, if I, my animal soul really wants to go get a sweet cookie or something like that, but I know it's not really good for me, and I resist going and getting that cookie and, and grab something healthier instead. Is that the same thing?
0: Absolutely, if for, if for a godly reason. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So they
1: say, idle hands are the devil's workshop.
0: Got it. So, when you have nothing to do. If you've got right. nothing to
1: do, it wakes up. No purpose. No purpose. say, I never have nothing to do, so I guess but I'm in the, good shape. But, but he didn't he didn't I'm saying there's this, there's sorry. the same, like idle hands are the devil's workshop. So what you're saying is if that, that I have no focus, I have no goal, I have, I don't, I'm I floundering, mm-hmm. and then the, the animalistic soul wakes up and will fill the void.
0: That's right. And that's why we use the word sleeping. Mm-hmm. The evil energy, the evil dispositions are sleeping at the moment, but if we don't keep on focusing, they will immediately wake up. Mm-hmm. So let's see these four stages of, please, more basha. Uh, so if, it, it um, uh, we can be overcome by an inclination
1: that is involved when we're not, when we're not, it grows to when we're not, when when
0: we're uh, If we don't have anything in our mind, the negative energy can come in. Right. That's one of the reasons the Rebbe always encouraged children and and adults Mm. to have Torah thoughts in their mind. Mm. Because if you're walking in the street and you have nothing on your mind, then you could easily get caught up on inappropriate things. Mm. But if you have something to think about, then it's going to keep you busy. Right now, actually at Maimonides, we have a program going on for four weeks. We're encouraging students to learn Torah by heart. Torah Mishnayis and Tanya It's a very important part um, of, of of the idea of bringing holiness down into this world, because we learn that when you're walking, you know, you know, when Mashiach comes, the stones are going to scream. They're going to pronounce out loud what you were thinking when you were standing upon them.
1: Which stones?
0: When you walked into Shul, each one of those steps, when Mashiach comes, is going to blurt out what you were thinking when you, as you were standing on them.
1: Hmm. Whatever, so they'll, they'll repeat whatever's in your head.
0: That's what, we, that's what the Hayom Yom tell, tells us. You're not got
1: to be careful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In a good way. In a good way. Imagine, imagine what you, the good thoughts you have all of a sudden, everyone's going to know what incredible thoughts you had. There was a
1: bounce in my step tonight because I knew I was coming into
0: your class. There's something we learn about. You know, in Oregon, we're into the pure, pure air. Mm-hmm. We learn there's something called Tareh Sa'avir, that the purity of air also comes from talking words of Torah mm-hmm. or speaking. If someone's going to go outside and be able to have a Torah conversation, that also that purifies the air mm-hmm. to the highest degree. And we're in a place where there's negative talk being spoken about, that's impure air. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: So, we yes. We should
1: all think about making the world paradise.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so, Marbasha, to your point, absolutely, it's important that we try and always have something holy on our mind. A, the lack of something is a vacuum that allows negativity in.
1: There was something this week's Pasha about the animalistic soul. you kind of what It was. Hmm. I, I wanted to share something. There's an app you can get on your phone or whatever. It's called Jewish TV. It's Google by. Yeah. They have the most beautiful um, little shows on the rabbit's life. And you have these influence and just so beautiful. And it has video of him. And <clears throat> they're just so beautiful. They just... Really penetrate
0: into your heart. They're, really, they're not that long either. Like twenty minutes. Or, they're lovely. Thank you. So let's see the four steps of the how when you do a mitzvah, the energy of the the godly energy affects you. The line start. The line starts the, yes. it's the middle of the paragraph, where two words to the end of the line. Thus, the energy of the vital soul. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, thus, the is but more boss, are you with me?
1: I'm this thus
0: energy. Thus, the energy of the vital soul, the godly soul, sorry, the animalistic soul, that is embodied in the performance of the commandment is actually absorbed into the divine light. That means the animalistic soul over here, we're calling it the vital soul. The energy that you use to take that shopping bag and put it into, into these elders' person's car is embodied in the performance of the commandment and absorbed into the divine light. So the godly, the godly soul is absorbed into the divine light. The energy of the animalistic soul is absorbed in the divine light and is united with it in a perfect union, let's continue, thereby illuminating the totality of the vital soul throughout the body, that means the entire vital soul is affected by this mitzvah, and also the physical body itself, number four, is also affected in a manner of encompassing from above, from head to foot. So says Tanya, however, the, the effect of your mitzvah And of the godly energy on your body is not a permeating effect, no. It's encompassing. What's the difference by encompassing? For something to encompass you, it doesn't have to fit you. It doesn't have to be something that can actually go through you. It's a a godly energy that because your body and your animalistic soul are not pure at this moment, it's not able to actually come within you, but it surrounds you. And this is what is meant by the phrase The Shekhinah rests on his head. We learn that when a person learns Torah The Shekhinah is resting wow. on his head. Or, we, or we, in the analogy that Shlomo HaMalach gave us, he said The Shekhinah is resting on your head. The word on indicating this That it's not permeating within It's just dwelling on top. Similarly, we learn the Gemara and Sanhedrin says that on every gathering of ten Jews the Shekhinah rests it doesn't mean that the Shekhinah is resting within every Jew it means it's resting in an encompassing way so every time you do any type of mitzvah your godly soul is permeated with godliness your animalistic, the energy of your animalistic soul is permeated with godliness your whole animalistic soul is surrounded with godliness and your whole body is surrounded with godliness right? this just reinforces the idea that when we say there's 613 commandments And I've shared this before but Rabbi Hanani ben Akasha tells us That we're so lucky Hashem gave us 613 commandments People often complain we have so many But we're so lucky Because if we only had two So there's either two things you do Or else Hashem doesn't come within you We have the ability to do almost anything 613 different things And have Hashem dwell within us So it's a privilege to have so many commandments It's not a limitation So now To conclude chapter 35 With the idea of how the Shekhinah Could come within the godly soul The animalistic soul the body This leaves us with a question The question is How many types of Shekhinah are there? And the Tani is going to share with us a story In Mesechta Sanhedrin Page 39a There's a lot of questions That were asked By the emperor To Rabbi Gamliel Just, Is that the Roman Emperor? The Roman Emperor I'll share with you a story That came prior So, Before this Emperor Spoke to Rabbi Gamaliel A similar story happened Where he spoke To Rabbi Tanho, A little bit of a scary story He says He says Let the Jewish people And the non-Jews Let them all become one people So Rabbi Tarson says You know what? It's a good idea However We're circumcised We can't become like you You should become circumcised and become like us So the emperor says You know what, you're right, it's a good point But you beat me in this conversation And if you beat me You have to be thrown to the wild animals You have to die So the Gemara says They threw Rabbi Tanchum To the wild animals And nothing happened He didn't get hurt so at that moment, there was a little bit of a naysayer who said, "So, and they took him out of the wild animals. So there was a naysayer who said they didn't eat him because they had just eaten lunch. <laughs> so, uh, so the emperor threw the heretic in and he was eaten. That's the story. Mm-hmm. But this, was this story. during the time of Rabbi Akiva, the same time period? am not sure if it's exactly the same, but it's a similar time period. So Rabbi Gamaliel... The Emperor turns to Rabbi Gamliel and he was trying, he was asking many different questions, trying to like attack Rabbi Gamliel and he says, how many gods do you have? And it was a rhetorical question. He says, you have one god. So how could we learn in your, in your Torah that whenever ten people gather, the Shekhinah is there? What do you mean? If there's only one Shekhinah, so it could only be in one place. How could one Shekhinah be in many different places? Is it a good question? The emperor is talking to you. It's a bit... What are you going to answer him? Don't give him too good of an answer because then he'll get mad. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I would probably suggest that uh, Shekinah is not limited to one place. Shekhinah, okay, so tell me more, tell me more. Um, I don't think I have any more. <laughs> It's a, the emperor is asking a solid question. He's saying, "There's one Shekhinah Either it's everywhere, or it's nowhere. What's this scenario where, if there's ten people gathered, the is there?" Oh, I we all have Fine, that's also true. But ha- so e- even more, so the Shekhinah is only there, but the shechina's not right here. Bash, that's a good question. What's the answer? Well, let me say the story. I know you know the answer. I want to share the story. So Rabbi Gamliel goes, this is the way the story, and he hits one of the servants on the neck. No, t- lightly, he taps his neck. And he says, well, uh, so why did you allow the sun into the Caesar's house? Like, how did the sun get in here? The sun. The sun, the sun. The sun. How did the sunlight get in here? So he says, what do you mean? The sun is everywhere. Sir so Rabbi Gamliel says If there's one sun And it's able to shine everywhere How much more so There could be one Shekhinah And it could shine everywhere So the sun is a great example How if you want you could block him out mm-hmm. You could block the sun out But naturally the sun is everywhere And it's not a contradiction To there being more than one sun mm-hmm. There's one sun But it's in everybody's houses But it's in everybody's houses <laughs> If you want you could put down shades So it's not a contradiction To say that the Shekhinah has the ability to come everywhere but does not Like this one
1: mm-hmm.
0: That's the way time, the chapter 35 Is now going to conclude, let's see that inside i
1: like to, I like to remember that, that Yes
0: Clearly Continues Tanya Page Page 164 Left hand column, clearly Any such diffusion Of, this, of the light of the Shekhinah that is the revelation of the light of the ain't so blessed is he cannot be termed a shino immutability in him God forbid nor multiplicity you're not saying that there's a change or an addition witness the passage in Sanhedrin where a heretic said to Rabbi Gamliel you say that in every gathering of ten Jews a shechina rests how many divine presences have you then and the reply of Rabbi Gamliel and he replied to him with an example of the light of the sun which enters through many windows the intelligent man will understand. Mm-hmm. So so let's summarize chapter 35. Actually, are there any questions? Oh, please, more basha. I'm not sure this is relevant,
1: but um, I heard that when a person is, like in the hospital, it's yeah. very sick, that the shakinah rests on their head and that you're not supposed to sit in the
0: bed. Yeah. You're not supposed to go near their head. Mm-hmm. There is such a thing. Yeah, we do learn that. Shekhinah shekhin is by a person's head by the, Near the head, yeah When they're sick?
1: Well
0: all the time? Well, especially when they're sick You know, there's a mitzvah of a, of a b'ik or a khalem, Visiting the sick The shekhinah is, is, is there
1: That's interesting Is that it always
0: there? So Hashem is everywhere right. The question is how pronounced The revelation of how pronounced How revealed mm-hmm. Um, the Shekhinah is And by, when someone is not well The Shekhinah is there in a more revealed way Bikr Cholim is so important That God himself did it to Abraham Right? Abraham was sick after he had his brismeel I'd like to For the next 20 minutes Summarize chapter 35 um, And we'll use these handouts To uh, guide us through chapter 35 this is a summary of chapter 35, so, so the chapter starts off, and this is all straight from the Tanya, you can look inside, but it starts off telling us two questions. Question number one is, why is the deed the most important thing? Why is it most important to do mitzvot? Learning Torah, the study of Torah is so important. And how do we know that the deed is so important? How do we know the mitzvah is so important? Because the, the verse tells us that, that it, the, to, the fulfillment of the Torah and mitzvot is exceedingly close. The In your mouth. In your heart. And the conclusion, meaning the pinnacle, the ultimate is to do the deed. So the Torah is saying it's exceedingly close. And what's exceedingly close? Of course, to speak Torah. And to uh, love Hashem But ultimately the the deed is exceedingly close And it's something we need to do So what's so important And a primary um, objective To do the physical mitzvah Let's learn Question number one Question number two is Which we have not answered in this chapter The bainani, the intermediary He never finishes fighting He's always, that, the Benin is always, his entire life There's a war between the animalistic and godly soul And what's the reason What's the reason that his entire life The godly soul is within the animal soul And they're constantly fighting Why is this necessary? That's the second question So if you turn to the back of the page You'll see a picture of the mashal we gave Shlomo HaMelech gave this mashal He said Hachach amen of Berosho Wise man, his eyes are in his head So Shlomo asks what do you, So the, the Zohar asks What do you mean a wise man's per, eyes are in his head Everyone's eyes is in his head have, have Someone that's not smart Where his eyes His eyes are also in his head So the Zohar shares wise, his, A wise man, his eyes are on top of his head Why? Because the Why does a man wear yamulka? because Hashem is right on top of us Hashem is right on top of us to remind, of, to remind us that Hashem is right there out of respect so a wise man his eyes are constantly focused on, on the Shekhinah that's right on top of him so let's look at this, at this uh, picture, you have the person the person is a wick and the flame is the Shekhinah so what keeps the Shekhinah in the, what keeps the Shekhinah attached to the wick The Zohar says it's good deeds It doesn't say the study of Torah It says good deeds Okay, so now we have we, we want to know, we're asking What's the importance of good deeds Well first let's see that the Zohar tells us That the to keep the Shekhinah here You need specifically good deeds Specifically mitzvos. Okay, so let's now The Tanya continues and discusses we're back on the previous page, we're going to ex- explain the the mashal, explain the analogy. Oil, What it, oil becomes one with the fire. Mm-hmm. To keep the Shekhinah down here, there has to be oil, that means we have to have do something that's going to unite completely with the fire, what is the fire? The Shekhinah. Shekhina. So what do we do that can be considered oil, is one with the Shekhinah. Well, we, human beings, are not one with the Shekhinah. We are separate entities. And no matter how much we try, we're, we're separate. And the only item that could really become the oil that could fuse directly into the Shekhinah is our mitzvot, mitzvot, why? Cause Hashem, that's what Hashem said Hashem has said I'm giving you mitzvot but those are directly from my mind Let's see the wording inside in the, in the section which says oil the spiritual soul it says in the third line it is different Are you with me? The oil, the spiritual oil yeah. In the third line it says it is different However, with the commandments and good deeds Which are His blessed will the commandments, however, are united and absorbed in His blessed will And they become truly one with a perfect union Hashem has created the order of the world That when we do a mitzvah We are completely uniting directly with Him Like the oil, becoming one with Hashem Okay, So now we know that we need to do physical mitzvahs To keep the Shekhinah here What is Shekhinah? So we learn in chapter 35 that Shekhinah is the revelation of His blessed divinity and of the light of the blessed Ain't sof in anything. Shekhinah means where something is merging with Hashem in oneness. Again, only the good deeds are capable of that to become truly one with Hashem. So the effect of the oil and good deeds. If you do a mitzvah with your speech and with your mouth or your thought, are you involving your animalistic soul in it? No, not really. Your speech and thought are spiritual. Specifically, when we do a physical mitzvah, we're also affecting the animalistic soul. Let's see that inside. Mitzvahs performed with thought and speech when a person occupies himself in the Torah, his neshama, which is his divine soul, with her two innermost garments only, namely the power of speech and thought, are absorbed in the divine light of the blessed Sof, and are united with it in a perfect union. So when we learn to study Torah with our mind, with our speech, that's not affecting our body. Specifically when you do a physical, a hard mitzvah, you, you did something physical with your body, <coughs> that is affecting even your body Like making challah like When you make challah You've affected not only your heart And your speech But also your body Why is it important to affect your body? Why is it important to affect your body?
1: It, why, why it, your body? it um, controls the animal the So sleep.
0: why is it important?
1: Because, because then we live in It's making it sleep
0: so why, do, why is it important to affect this world? Well, an honest question. Because we live here. So what? If the purpose is to do Torah and Mitzvah, so so what? why do you care about this world? Why is that important? Where have we learned that that's important? Who told you that's important?
1: It was somewhere in the.
0: <laughs> no no, it's important now to know. Until today, we have not learned. The
1: the job of man in my mind is to do good deeds and to bring God into this world so that God can live in this world.
0: Maybe we're, maybe we're all in a prison. You remember we learned an analogy of a child of a king that's in prison and he needs to work hard to get out of the prison? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what this world is. Maybe this world is just a prison. Yeah, we need to work nicely with people because we don't want to die. But the purpose is not this world. The purpose is the afterlife in heaven. Where do we get this idea that this world is important? Didn't God
1: say that at some point or, some point? Where? Oh, the or something? Where? In Well, this world is important if you know what it is, because better, I'm alive
0: in it. Yeah, but maybe you're alive in prison.
1: But I don't know what I don't know, so that's okay.
0: So I'm telling you, you're in prison. Okay. Tell me why I'm wrong.
1: I mean, you might not be wrong. Yeah. I might be imprisoned by my own thoughts and actions. OK. okay. And that uh, by learning and educating myself, I get to see some sun through the bars. And I get to expose myself to things that help me see the light and open the gate to the prison and let myself out. And I get to do that through being um, more aware of who I am and what I am in the world. Self-actualized, if you want to use that word.
0: you're taking your your point. In other words, maybe our mission in this world is to to just stay alive. You know, people say like they're taking it day by day. Yeah. Maybe all Hashem wants is that you should just you know have a peaceful life, and then you, you you'll get a reward in the afterlife. Survival, like an animal. Maybe. So, no, so maybe we're, we're at... supposed to make the world a better place. How do you know? How do I know? I'm not arguing is with it, you. That I'm asking you how has you know. Be
1: human. Well, because we learned it. We learned about um.
0: Why? You know, the Rebbe spoke very strongly about the Nazis, about the Germans. They were the smartest people. Mm -hmm. They were truly, they were brilliant. They had the strong... Their brilliance is what brought on their brutality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So smart doesn't make us... Yeah.
1: Love and compassion and and good deeds and helping people, and making this world paradise, bringing peace on earth.
0: Who said we need peace here? You I'm know, look, I, look, 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 Can, can I take care of we supposed to
1: make the world better.
0: How do you know? Where, where? Am I? I'm asking you how you know that.
1: can I? Can I? From the Go a little tangential for a second, please. Am I allowed to go a little tangential? Sure. Something just occurred to me. Sure. So, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an Eagle Scout.
0: Okay. okay.
1: And when I first joined the Boy Scouts, That's a big deal. they made us learn the Boy Scout creed. And the Boy Scout creed went like this On my honor, I promise that I will do my duty to God and my country, mm-hmm. to help other people at all times, mm-hmm. and to obey the Boy Scout law. Mm-hmm. I had the same thing as a Girl Scout. As a Girl Scout, yes. yes. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about that statement. It's about honoring, it's about doing good deeds, honoring God, my country, and obeying the laws. All right, this was the Boy Scout law. But the conversation that we're having now is that if you take that to its nth degree, it's what we're learning right now.
0: I appreciate that. They copied
1: the Torah. Hmm. Okay. All the self-help, so, all the self-help is in the well, Torah. So Le- I yep. want to go a little tangential because that's, that was my foundation in my life. Yeah. yeah. When I, was, when I was spent 12 years in the Boy Scouts learning how to be a decent human being or a good human being and learning how to function and mm-hmm. be proactive and all that kind of stuff. But as we're studying this, it's like, oh okay, boy, here it is again.
0: Well, what I'm excited to share with you is... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll hold that thought for a minute. In, uh, what I wanted to be clear is what we're learning here and what we're not learning here. In chapter 36, all we learned is that if you do a mitzvah with your speech or your mind, you're affecting the godly soul. And if you want to affect the animalistic soul, in other words, if you want to affect the world, you need to do a physical deed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, we haven't explained in this chapter... If a physical deed is more important, we've all we've learned here is that to, that the physical deed will affect the animalistic soul will affect the godly soul, the godly soul will, the godliness will surround you. but we haven't explained why that's important. So much so let, let me just add to you why I'm and this is all an introduction to chapter 36, which I think will be novel and groundbreaking. I think, Gonna, a lot of what you're saying Tikkun Olam All of these things I think are really based off Of chapter 36 of Tanya mm-hmm. But To stress this point even more There's a massive debate Massive I, When I say massive I'm talking about you, You've heard of Maimonides mm-hmm. And you've heard of Nachmanides Maimonides and Nachmanides They have a debate Are the different schools like yeah, Well you had Shaman based Hillel But Maimonides and Nachmanides The Rambam and the Ramban they have a massive argument the argument is what is mashiach what is the era of mashiach is it human beings with souls or is it just souls without without the physical body hmm. and it's an incredible conversation it's an incredible debate they have the rambam tells us that i'm getting confused who says what so i'll keep names out one opinion says look the ultimate is, is is the spirituality. The ultimate is the soul. The body doesn't have a part in the fulfillment of God's master plan. Mm-hmm. the The other opinion says, no, no. The body created the master plan, mm-hmm. so the body's going to have a part in it. Mm-hmm. But this point, that uh, when we talk about affecting the animalistic soul, it, it's a tremendous debate. Why is that necessary? Maybe the animalistic soul is like those tanks that allow the spaceship to get up into the sky and then they fall down. Mm -hmm. Who said it's important for us? Maybe our entire life we should fight the animalistic soul and God willing, before we die, the animalistic soul won't have gotten the better of us but there's no need for us to rectify it, purify it. The need for that we're going to learn together in chapter 36. Next time. Next time. Meaning here, what we learned is that when you do a physical mitzvah, it affects the physical body. When you do a more spiritual mitzvah, it just affects the godly, the, anim, the godly soul. The need to affect the animalistic soul is what we're going to learn next week.
1: So wait, did the question getting
0: answered? Which question? Why you need to affect the physical world? Yeah. No. No, he's going to answer it so, so next time. it's like. To be